The construction industry is undergoing a huge transformation. Designers and contractors are facing new challenges every day. We are all overloaded with rising material cost, a growing skilled labor gap, increasing project complexities, and countless digital solutions. This podcast focuses on innovation through process analysis, change management, and building a culture of continuous improvement. Together, we will learn from industry leaders on how to improve workflows, increase communication, and build the future. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into this week's episode. And please join me in welcoming our special guest, Andrea Klee, who is the publisher for the Electrical Contractor Magazine at NECA. Andrea, we are so glad you can join us today. Thank you so, for having me. Of course. <laughs> so how has convention been so far for you? Well, it's been really busy. Um, we've been running around looking at all the products on the show floor. We always have a reception for our advertisers. So we had that last night. It's been really fun. It's been good to catch up with people and mm-hmm. see what they've been working on the last couple years since we saw them last in um, Las Vegas. So it's been really good. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I, you know, everyone's had two years essentially to prepare something amazing. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. You. I mean, you see all these robotics out here. You see other different types of technology. So it's pretty cool to see what, yeah. how far the industry has come. Well, I, I really like the juxtaposition where there's the very big robotic dog and then mm-hmm. we actually have real dogs. Yes, exactly. I prefer the real dogs, <laughs> yeah. but you know, good point. They're a little fluffier. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to dive into knowing you more. Mm-hmm. So can you share your background and how you got into this industry? Sure. So I come from a journalism background. I studied editorial journalism in college. And then when I came out of school, I worked for a university's office of publications. So I learned all about different types of publishing from like student handbooks to advertisements to magazines. So it was a really good boot camp for mm-hmm. what came later. Then I moved to a magazine about weather, oh, which I was always like the super weather nerd. So it was like the perfect <laughs> job. For, so you know the me. cloud types. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But that magazine was like a bi-monthly. So it meant like it was very slow, just had two, six magazines a year. So it was really um, not a good fast pace for me. So um, when I saw the job at NECA at Electrical Contractor, that seemed like it's a monthly publication. It seemed like it would be a good fit. And I came in, like most people on our team, we don't really have electrical construction backgrounds, but mm-hmm. the beauty of working in this type, you know, where some, you read the stories yeah. every day over and over again, you pick a lot of up very quickly. So that's also a good training ground to learn about the market. And the magazine also does a lot of research, which helps us kind of understand who our readers are and what kinds of work they're doing. So that's also a good way to learn that's, about the industry. That's excellent. You know, and I was actually going to ask you, I was like, if you have been writing, you know, and you have to read every story, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. you must, you actually must be the silent, the most knowledgeable person. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. But no, um, what actually, is really great about the magazine is we put a lot of effort into finding experts that can talk about their particular subject knowledgeably. Every, I think at one point we polled 
the total experience level of our writers. And it was something in the order of 700 years of experience collectively among them. So they generally know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so we don't really have to do a lot of lift in terms of what the accurate thing is that they're saying. But the thing we do have to do sometimes is take their words and make it understandable for just a general audience, you know, because they are so knowledgeable that they maybe are talking in jargon. So we have to define terms and make sure that everybody understands. Yeah, I I think that's so important, especially, you know, when you have such knowledge like that and it's very complex, there really is an art form to making it Mm -hmm. digestible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, our fiber optics columnist is the president of the Fiber Optics Association. Oh, wow. And I think he's the founder. He might be also, his family might be like six of the members. Anyway, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> but he's so really great to have on staff because you can just ask him anything about fiber optics and he just will know exactly what you're trying to find out. That is cool. Yeah. One of the pillars that we love to do on this podcast is mm-hmm. to center it around innovation. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you personally, how do you define innovation? I think it's just looking to see what the next thing is. You know, one of the things we try to do in the magazine is keep ahead of where the industry is going so that we're presenting our readers the future of their businesses. So they know where to steer so we can help guide them to that future. I think that there's a lot we've been able to do. One of the recent issues, actually, um, our October issue, which some people might already have, Mm -hmm. but like it's on the way to everybody, has a 3D printed house in there. Oh, that's cool. um, And Julie, the managing editor, and I went down to see it. It was in Richmond, and they had this big printer set up, and they were just going around with the cement to like, you know, it was really cool. And it's one of our writers is actually working on that house project. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, and so I think it's part of a group and they want to kind of be able to create these low cost houses for low income people. So it's really great program. Yeah, that would be a very interesting method to, Mm -hmm. yeah, to basically mass produce very efficiently. Mm hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and that's a great, you know, you brought up a great point of keeping ahead of the curve, trying to find research topics. So how, how do you all at the magazine do that? We spent a lot of time and resources talking to our readers. So we do the profile of the electrical contractor every two years. So the last one was in 2020. And the next one is this upcoming year in 2022. So we've already started on the survey this year for the first time. This is our big innovation mm-hmm. is we're actually going to include the survey, the printed survey in the magazine, because we usually just mail it to people. But we were like, maybe if we put it right in front of them, they can't ignore it. And yeah. look and maybe make sure that people send it back. Um, That's smart and innovative. Yeah. yeah. And then at the same time, we're going to also send it out through our email list mm-hmm. just to make sure that everybody's going to see it. And hopefully we'll get a really great response rate. Okay, so and that's great because it's every two years you can find out what they're really interested in in case the industry Mm -hmm. did take a left turn somewhere or a right turn, you can follow it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when I first started here 17 years ago, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of unbelievable, the 
industry was just taking the turn into low voltage work. And so over time, and I think it was maybe 30 or 40 percent had some involvement in low voltage mm -hmm. at that time with security and life safety systems, fire, et cetera. Now it's almost 95 percent of them are all wow. involved in some aspect of low voltage. So it does show you how things are changing over time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Another interesting thing that we found the last, in 2004, I believe, it was close to 70% of the revenue was from power and traditional power and distribution. And now that has dropped, the revenue from that has dropped under 30%, wow. which means they're still making lots of money, yeah. but they're now doing more lighting projects. They're doing these security and telecom and datacom and more line work. They're just doing so many different things yeah. that their revenue is more diversified which makes every electrical contractor more successful yeah they don't have Absolutely. to depend on these really expensive big projects they can fill in the gaps with other types of work wow that's amazing and, and you brought up the you know the electrical contractor profile mm -hmm. so you said every two years and it's a survey can mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit more about it and some of the highlights of data and the importance behind that sure so that's really how we know what our readers are doing and what kinds of information to serve them. We ask them the size of their firms, how much revenue they make, whether their age, because that's been an interesting curve over time. It's been getting older generally, except for the last time it got a little bit younger, the industry, just a slight bit. And we ask how they go to market with products, how they receive specs, and when they are broken, what happens, and how they substitute products. The biggest thing that everybody thinks that an electrical contractor is just dealing with price yeah. and is only going to make a decision on price, but it's actually not the number one thing. It's availability is the number one thing for how they choose something for oh. a project. So one of the best things about this is people can find this, the results mm -hmm. of service. So where can they find it if they're interested? Um, yeah, they can find it on our website, ecmag.com backslash market hyphen research. <laughs> <laughs> or the printed report that went in the magazine is available at profile.ecmag.com. Excellent. I, I mean, I think that's one of the best things is that you guys do this massive survey. It's so mm -hmm. important. And like you said earlier, it trends. So you mm -hmm. have benchmarks, right? which is amazing. And you have it available for anyone who's interested. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's a great resource if anyone's looking for it. Right. Yeah. And from time to time, we come across one from 1984. And you can see that I think around then the industry was getting younger. So, <laughs> it's really so we're maybe cyclical at this point. So it's, mm. it is really funny to kind of come across those. Mm. But yeah, we've been doing it for, we say more than 50 years, but we've been saying that for at least 10 years. So it's probably more than 60 <laughs> years at this point. Um, that's but awesome. yeah, that's really good. And then on top of that, we also have a panel of electrical contractors that we have surveys. We send surveys to them once a month. So we ask them things from like how do you find out information just to make sure we're on track that we're sending information to them in the forms that they're looking for. What we keep finding out consistently is that print magazines are still their bread and butter in yes. terms of where they're going to information and I think that's because when you're reading a magazine that's the only thing you're doing. It's focus in I'm learning about my business yeah. and figuring out what I want to do. Their distributor relationship is also very strong 
And then, you know, they go to manufacturers' websites, search engines are in there, they like webinars. There's a whole range of sources that they use. Well, that's, so. that's excellent. And I know from working at Nico with you, I know mm-hmm. that you have an electrical contractor magazine and you brought some with you, mm-hmm. but you have a few other magazines. Yes. So do you want to tell us a little bit about those and sure. highlight yeah. some of your magazines? Um, let's see. We have our new line contractor magazine, which we are putting this out to serve a need in the industry. I mean, certainly there's always been line work in the industry, but we wanted to make sure that we had content that was specifically geared towards this key audience so that they were feeling like they were getting some service from Nika and from the magazine. So we've hired some experts to kind of write articles that we have a thing on drones and inspecting um, power lines. We'll talk about the different products that people can use when they're doing line work. There's a lot of emphasis on safety, clearly. Yes. Um, and Nika has a new director yes, of Mike, outside line. Yes, Mike Starner, yes. Mar- Mike Starner. So we have an article on him in our most recent issue. I just went to a line training facility. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've been hearing forever. You know, they're very different and they really are different. Mm-hmm. So it is excellent to see that you're providing a resource that really is mm-hmm. geared towards them and resources that they can really benefit from. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have Safety Leader, which we started last year. And that is just really to put greater emphasis on safety since, you know, we know that this is a more dangerous line of work. So we want to just make sure that our readers are really thinking with a safety mind when they go and do their work. Anything we can do to help them along and make sure that everybody gets to go home at the end of the day is really important. Oh, absolutely. And in terms of releases, so EC Mag is every month, right? What about the other two? They are four times a year. I'd have to (laughs) go (laughs) break out the... (laughs) I just need to look at the list. So, (laughs) So Safety Leader is available in February May, August, and November. And that goes to the entire audience of 80,000. And then Line Contractor goes out to about 22,000 in March, June, September, and December. Wow. Okay. So for the the 80,000, do you know the profile of your audience roughly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We go, it was set up in the charter of NECA that we needed to deliver a publication to the industry. So that's who we reach. We reach, I believe, about 90% of the dollar volume of the industry. So there's definitely, we cut across all different groups. So we do have every NECA member naturally, mm-hmm. but we also will reach a lot of smaller contractors so that they can learn how they could grow to be a bigger contractor. So I think that's important. So we do have to like kind of structure our content so we can yeah. talk to everybody. The profile really helps with that. We can see all the types of work they're doing and then we can like try to gear all of our writing around that. Excellent. Yeah. So, I mean, you've been working with these magazines. What is your favorite part? You're busy. Mm-hmm. You guys have these yeah. timelines and I don't yeah. know how you do it. Yeah. But what's your favorite aspect about working with them? Um, I think 
it's how important this magazine is to the industry. You know, we hear from our readers and they're just like, this is so valuable. I use it all the time. We study how people use it. And, you know, people are spending 30, 45 minutes or more every month with the print magazine. Now, I'm not trying to discount our website or, you know, we have an e-newsletter every week and we have all these other pieces. We have a digital edition, but we have a thing that comes to people's houses and every month and it's tangible. So, yeah, I think that's so important. I mean, every form of information. Yeah. yeah, And you provide that. And Mm -hmm. if you know, our readership loves the physical copy, Mm -hmm. then you deliver the physical copy. Right. And they can supplement it and read it in all these different forms. So they have the choice to see which way they want to receive this information. And we do find that most of them, I think it's the most recent survey. It was like print and digital. It's something like 90%. Wow. 90 usually is between like 92 and 94 percent read it in print and digital or print only print only is usually about 70 percent of that and then the extra (laughs) kind of both so there's only like about seven percent that read it digital only so that's kind of nice to see that's an interesting day yeah 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 that all right so let's dive into the showstopper showcase sure so can you tell our audience a little bit about what it is and what they can find there sure yeah the show every year has this big area where the exhibitors can submit products that have come out within the last year that they think are innovative and interesting and then we have a panel of judges so the magazine is the sponsor Um, (laughs) most important one yeah the sponsor of the uh, showstopper awards and so the panel of judges goes through there was quite a lively debate about who should win because we only pick usually it's between 17 and 25 products so this year we had 25 and well, I imagine after two years you'd have some very innovative yeah. stuff yeah, to show absolutely and it's sometimes it's maybe not the splashiest thing because the judges are from the industry yeah so they want to look for something that makes their job easier so while some things are really cool it might not be a practical thing for most contractors yeah. to buy so I think yeah. they put a lot of thought into what they choose so that it's both innovative and accessible and helpful and yeah yeah because it's you know some things are great but they already know probably the adoption rate on that's just not there yet yes like maybe a little further down the line yeah or it's just you know maybe it's appropriate for like a super large contractor but you know most of the contractors fall in the mid small to mid range so you know they're really trying to think where this could fit into the whole industry so we have winners at this point right Mm -hmm. so do you want to share any highlights or Uh, sure anything like that yeah this is just a report from (laughs) the people that were in the lively debate but that they were really impressed with the range of products so Mm -hmm. that was good they for instance the brady had brady grip print on hook materials so which solves the problem of labels falling off the cable Ah. or wire that are bundled with velcro so 
They thought that that would be very useful. They also liked DeWalt's FlexVolt battery because it's compatible with 20 volt, 60 volt, and 120 volts. Um, And it would save electricians time since they don't have to search for and switch out batteries when switching tools. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Also, the iToolco's cordless Canon 6K has dual capstans that can pull 8 foot and 20 foot, 28 feet per minute on low speed and 20 feet and 70 feet per minute on high speed. Wow. Yeah. That just must be fun for the judges, especially if they're in the industry. Yeah. It's basically like these are all the most innovative. I mean, they're tools, right? But I would almost see them as like toys if I, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess some of the debate was among the people that really work more in the field versus Mm -hmm. the people that kind of just are involved with the industry in other ways. Yeah. So the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So there was two different perspectives, but we kind of, I believe they settled more on the side of the people in the field because those are the actual users and in this particular case. Gotcha. So can anyone go and see the yes. Showstopper Showcase? Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, anyone who's here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. But anybody who gets the magazine can see the winners detailed in our January issue. So we'll have a article with a photo on each um, of the winners. Well, that's another thing, too. So the magazine is every day releasing highlights, correct, Mm -hmm. of conventions? Yeah. So we have a the official Mika show uh, (laughs) newsletter. So we put it out every morning just to talk about what went on the day before and some highlights of the upcoming day. Gotcha. Will there be a feature in the next magazine coming up about any conclusions of conventions? There might be. We're working on the November issue right now. So the challenge is you're always kind of a month to two months ahead of so sometimes that's the only thing with a print magazine is you have to produce it so like anything breaking news ends up not being Uh, really yeah by the time it actually reaches people it might not be that relevant anymore so that's why we do have the weekly newsletter and we use social media to talk about something more current and then because there's a place for all these different types of news we have our website too to handle things that are handling like coming out and then the best things that end up on the website we like repurpose to use in the magazine gotcha and just to do a quick shout out do you want to just do a quick overview of your team so we have um dominique minor who's the associate publisher so she works with me on the business side and um you know we work with our advertisers to make sure they are getting the reach they want out of their advertising Mm -hmm. so as i mentioned we have a website we have a digital edition we have our newsletters we have webinars that we do so there's lots of different ways for people to promote things to our audience and then we have julie mazer who's our managing editor julie dominique and i have worked together for more than a decade more than oh, almost like 15 years i did not total. know that yeah okay I just learned um, <laughs> we've been together a long time so nice and then we have colleen Beatty, who's our senior editor she joined about a year ago Yes, I remember. Yeah. yeah. She's been working a lot on the online news. She's been handling our webinars. She's been our main host on those. And then we also.
also have Holly Sauer, who works a lot on our new product sections in the magazine. And she also does our e-blasts, which are commercials that we send out through email to our readers. Awesome. Yeah, your group is amazing. So I just I had to do a quick shout out there. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, they are great. And we're so lucky. And then beyond that, we have, you know, our 25 contributing editors, the experts that we pay to write for us. And then we also have a great sales staff. Excellent. Yeah. So for you, what are you most excited about at this year's convention? I'm excited to see things in person again. And there's just no substitute for that. But also to look for things that we can cover in the magazine to make sure that we're featuring what's new, what's interesting, and to keep our readers engaged with the industry. So not everybody gets to come. So we're one of the windows into that world. So we try to make sure that they're informed about what's going on at all times. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's one of the cool components to this year's convention is we still have the virtual Mm -hmm. aspect. And for anyone out there, all education courses will be available for 30 days, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. I mean, it's great. That is a great resource to be able to have. One of the things we love to do on this podcast is to ask you, what do you want to leave our listeners with as they kind of go on about their day? What's that one last takeaway you'd love to share? Well, I would say (laughs) you might not think that a print magazine is the most innovative place to be these days because, you know, everybody's saying that you should leave print behind and just go into the future. But this is something like when the Facebook Mm -hmm. (laughs) went down this week, (laughs) this this never goes down. If you have this in front of you, you always have a source of information and you know what's going on. We try to keep up with everything that's going on and make sure that we're delivering content that's relevant to our readers. So we just thank anybody for for continuing to subscribe. I mean, that's one of the things people do have to sign up regularly to receive it. So I think that's great that we must be providing something of use for them. Yeah, um, for them to continue to subscribe to what we're putting out. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I love the magazines, and I especially love the profile of the EC Mag. I love data. Yeah. So I think it's that you have amazing resources, and for anyone out there, you have the website to go and learn more. Thank so, you. So thank you so much, Andrea, for joining us on the podcast. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes. For those interested in accelerating your business and taking your great ideas to practical execution, remember that the January cohort of the Innovation Institute is accepting nominations now. Feel free to reach out to innovation at nikanet.org. We look forward to hearing your view of innovation and the challenges ahead.